morning, this is Brooke and it is June 16th, 2023. And wow, the days are definitely winding down quickly for um, my move from Merced, California, all the way to Western New York. And God is just, he is so faithful. He is faithful. And when we pray, the Lord just reminded me as I was studying this week and just reading that we receive it with thanksgiving and we just got to hold on to that prayer and hold on to those words and he will uh, do his will and it's so beautiful so today um, i just wanted to come on and talk to you i was reading this article today about the lord's prayer on jeopardy and if anyone else has seen this um, they've seen that there was three contestants um, of course, Jeopardy has three contestants. And the question was, um, ABC News has had published this article about Jeopardy fans real as Lord's Prayer question goes unanswered. And so Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, be very careful to, um, <clears throat> how should I say this? Be very careful to put people that go to university on a pedestal as if they have any more, um, knowledge or even common sense or wisdom than you do. Um, yes, they may have gotten trained in a specific area for a specific reason. And I just pray it was for a specific call from the Lord. But that doesn't mean they're the know-all and end-all. And um, particularly, you know, when we think about universities and we think about, you know, Ivy Leagues and Division Ones and <clears throat> You know, even just all that chitter chatter among Christians, brothers and sisters, do not elevate these people in these ivory towers. These places right now are becoming, have become indoctrination camps. You send your kids away. Um, you know, not only that, parents in high school, you know, they start with which, what university are you going? What university? And it just becomes like prideful and braggadocious and particularly too if you've excelled like in a sport or if you've got excellent grades or some sort of um you know musical talent or whatever the case may be then it just becomes like this doting pride over your kid and just so you know as a reminder our kids are gifts from the lord we were given them, they are his, and our job is to raise them to know who the Lord is and let them go. His job is to call them and draw them. We pray and intercede and we pray that they walk out their calling for his uh, purpose and his kingdom and his will and his way. So be exhorted to not get hung up on university. God's path is different for everybody. And in America, we've gotten so obsessed as Christians about this whole university thing. Many people will argue if you've ever watched Charlie Kirk, um, I'm not promoting him per se, but he lays up a great argument against how colleges are actually pretty much scams um, for the most part. By and large, if the Lord did not place that student there as a calling, it could be a huge waste of money. There's a lot of degrees people obtain, bachelors and masters, even, um, I wouldn't say PhDs, but you never know, um, where they've racked up debt. Someone's paid it off. Maybe they haven't racked it up, but their parents have paid it off or, 
you know, they had heritage of money or something and they're graduating with what they, you know, feel is this great degree and they're making, you know, less than 60,000 a year and they're upset about it. And it's like, well, what did you think? Did you think you had experience? You have no experience, you you know, and a lot of these people have no social experience. So they're quite awkward and then they can't handle the rigors of a job where you've got, you know, disagreements among coworkers and things of the sort. But, um, this question, I wanted to get back to the Lord's prayer, which is beautiful. And I'll read it first in Matthew six. So Matthew six, starting in verse eight, He says, therefore, do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need for need of before you ask him in this manner. Therefore, pray our father in heaven. How will be your name? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And so verse 14 says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And so this is a beautiful model of a prayer on how we should um, take this prayer forward. Some people just recite this prayer. Um, Just be careful if you're reciting the prayer. Always keep your heart postured toward the meaning of, of what the prayer is. Um, we could just recite it and just have vain repetitions is what the Bible talks about. If our heart posture is thinking about, I mean, I'm guilty of this, you know, your flesh and your mind's thinking about, you know, the activities you have to do later in the day or whatever the case may be. And you're just kind of reciting this out loud. Um, but there's no, um, meaning in your heart. God knows he searches our heart and he knows. So just be careful with that. But also this is a model prayer. This is not, um, this is how we should, you know, approach the Lord when we speak to him. We should first and foremost go through these steps, right? We should be giving him the glory, giving him the honor. You know, a lot of times I like to, as I'm growing in my prayer life, I like to um, definitely open up with some of the, um, some of the Psalms. Um, there's a lot of praise in the Psalms. There's a lot of praise everywhere, but the Psalms, um, you know, particularly encompass and they're wonderfully put in one specific area of God's word and, um, they're beautiful and his word, you know, tells us to sing in songs and hymns and, and, um, you know, particularly the ending Psalms, like 145 to 150, there's just a lot of praise, a lot of praise. So we want to just always praise the Lord when we open up and and then go on to pray for his will and his kingdom. And, and then after we, you know, do this transition, you know, we can get into our daily bread, which is the word um, that we live on, which is Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit teaches us in all these things. And then we go into forgiveness and we pray against, you know, the demonic attacks that come against us, those fiery darts like Ephesians 6 talks about and pray for, uh, pray for that deliverance. And if we've been delivered from things, we want to always pray to continue to um, walk, out, walk it out if we feel like we're getting tempted in an area again. And so I love how the verse ends in 13 in Matthew 6, 
for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And it, and it ends going back up to um, given the Lord Jesus and the Lord God Almighty, <clears throat> the kingdom and the power and the glory. And uh, verse 14 is like this little like, you know, in addition to you better have forgiveness. So if there's any unforgiveness in your heart, your father won't forgive you. I don't even think your prayers will get heard if there's unforgiveness in your heart. Um, And it says in 15, if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you yours. So you can, you know, you can see, you can go on and have this glorious, you know, prayer. But if there's, if you're harboring any root of unforgiveness in your heart, Your prayers, I think, are completely null and void and blocked. Um, And unforgiveness is another subject, but it is not easy. Um, I'll just share quickly. You know, I was not in a godly relationship um, with my the father of my children, the earthly father of my children, and I, um, you know, ended up breaking it off. And I harbored a lot of bitterness and unforgiveness. And a lot of times it's solidified by people who are like in your corner. They've seen your pain, but instead of looking at through the lens spiritually, they're looking at it with the flash and carnality. And they're like, yeah, you know, they deserved it and, you know, whatnot. And so it tries to like pack in this punch of unforgiveness. And it got so deep and bitter for me that, you know, there was just really bad thoughts that I had for this person or had for him at one point. And, um, it took about eight years to get to the point where I realized I was hanging on to the bitterness and unforgiveness eight years. So think about it. Like that whole time I was deceiving myself. We have to have a certain amount of humility and my prayers could have been hindered the whole time. So we have to be very careful. Um, One thing that I did want to share also to get back to this jeopardy and this question, because the question goes back to this was it. It says the article said the Jeopardy fans found themselves stunned Tuesday as all three contestants failed to answer this question to complete a line of the Lord's Prayer, the most widely recited prayer in Christianity. So I think that this in itself, um, particularly in America, goes into question like, actually, it just exposes how much God has been taken out of everything, okay? Um, Because even the most lukewarm of Christians know the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I'll just leave it like that. So the puzzle, it was worth $200. That's just funny, too, because it reminds me of how Jesus was sold for so cheap, right? His, you know, the, um, and Joseph as well, right? Like how they were, uh, sold might not be the right word, but, um, uh, you know what I mean? Like they were, uh, turned in, I guess. I, I can't think of the right word right now, but anyways, Matthew 6, 9, our father, which art in heaven, this be thy name. That was the, that was the statement and contestants on here, um, their names are listed. They stood in silence. None of these three attempted to fill it in until the host, which is the Mayim Beilig, which she used to do blossom, 
revealed the answer and she said hallowed. The moment went viral with viewers on Twitter expressing their shock as the contestants inability to answer a seemingly common knowledge question. Tonight's Jeopardy contestants were just asked to fill in the blank, our father who art in heaven, blank be thy name. One user tweeted, none of them even took a guess. I'm really surprised. I thought that would be an easy one. And um, yeah, that was a tweet from Jeannie Princeton, and there's a rainbow flag by her Twitter account. I don't know who she is, but even if she is, I don't know if her rainbow, if she's displaying her um, sexual preference there or what she's doing, but um, even she apparently thought that this would have been an easy one. And so the article goes on to say, how can those Jeopardy nerds not know this answer? Have they never listened to Iron Maiden? Another wrote, referencing the 1982 heaven heavy metal song, How Will Be Thy Name. Some self-proclaimed conservative Twitter users also appeared to express outrage. Not one contestant on Jeopardy last night knew the answer to this, wrote one user, whose tweet garnered more than 5,700 likes. Are you waking up yet? How sad our country is becoming. That was another tweet. They asked the question about the Lord's Prayer. Neither of the three contestants got it. They wrote, that is very alarming. My gosh, the most simplest prayer people need to get back to the Bible. And so this is just interesting. Um, so Christians, you know, what, what, what do we have to say for ourselves? Um, we are in this country and, you know, we have freedoms, right? Freedom of religion. But what do we have to say about ourselves as witnesses to the kingdom of God? If it's so good, like many of us say, why have so many of us kept it away from our kids, kept it away from the generations, kept it out of church, kept it out of everything. And I've even heard one person kind of argue that whole um, statement of, well, the um, Constitution says there's a separation of church and state, and they were corrected that that is not interpreting or reading that statement correctly. So I found that to be interesting. I didn't go back and look that up. But what do we have to say for ourselves in this country, truly? Um, It just exposes the lack of true faith in Christ Jesus alone. And, um, you know, someone even tweeted on here, even my atheist friend knew this. Goodness, is what they said. Um, Yeah. So I just um, want Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, to not be trapped. There's, there's many layers to why this was never answered. I think maybe the Lord needed to expose it for maybe it was for some specific viewers. You know, you have these avid Jeopardy people. Personally, I don't watch Jeopardy, um, you know, years and years ago. I may have watched it on and off, but, you know, I found Alex Trebek to not be that engaging so I never really watched it but um yeah I mean really what do we have to see about our walk I just wanted to say in first Corinthians 3 Paul warns us about avoiding worldly wisdom and in verse 18 he says no let no one deceive himself if anyone among you seems to be wise in this age 
Let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let not one boast in men, for all things are yours. And this is where he was um, answering about Paul and Apollos and Cephas. So he says, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world of, or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God. It's God's. So, yeah, I just found that to be interesting. And, um, yeah, verse 19, For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God, for it is written. He catches the wise and their own craftiness. And so, Christians, be in prayer over your walk and over the walk of anyone that you feel like you're going to be um, sending off to school or pray pray about that remember the body of christ the called out people we are set apart so if our walk in full totality uh, looks like every you know the atheist walk and the non-believers walk we have to question are we are we raising not only are we walking, but are we raising the next generation for the call of God in their life? Or have we painted them into a box that the rest of the world seems to share and that kind of we blend in? So again, do your research on universities, do your research on um you know, the programs they have, there's a lot of indoctrination going on. And some people even believe that, um, in the, I think it's the book of revelation about the seven mountains. And there's, you know, some people believe that there's these seven mountains or seven pillars where the devil has come in and infiltrated in order to turn generations of people away from God. And so the school system and the education, particularly here in America, has been identified as one of those mountains. Another mountain has been the medical establishment as well. So if anyone with discernment, I just reminded when the Lord says, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. So this is just an encouragement, but this is also, it's not of shame. It's not to shame. It's really just to pause, take a step back, you know, fast, pray. You know, would you really be, would, would you really be excited for the rapture of the church right now? If you've got all your, all your um, hopes and dreams in you know sending your kid off to college and having them get done with this glorious degree um i think if the lord had his hand in through all of it <clears throat> there would be an excite you know an exciting um feeling but if you're more excited about that than you are uh, his his coming um then you're, you know, you're probably still more in the world than, than in the kingdom of God. And we, we just can't have both. We can't 
we live in this world, but we're not of this world. So we can't be in the world. We can't be worldly minded. Um, Romans 12 um, talks about that. It talks about, um, I'm going to go over there really quick because I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up, but it says, uh, I beseech you, Romans 12, 1, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And he goes into the spiritual gifts and service. That's what we're called to. That is what we're called to people. God is so good. He will teach you if we just get into the word. Um, yeah, Romans 12 is actually beautiful. Um, but I wanted to just kind of finish up here with the difference between Matthew 6 of the Lord's Prayer and Luke 11. So in Luke 11, starting in verse 2, he talks about the prayer and he says, So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, how will it be your name? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then it just, that's it. So notice in uh, Mark 6, I'm sorry, Matthew 6, it ends in, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. But in Luke 11, that part completely got omitted. So I find that to be interesting. Um, And of course, these are red letters. But um, yeah, that's just an interesting part. But we should always end with giving God the glory. And um, just always be in prayer. Um, And truly, my prayer is that... You have power to influence people through the Holy Spirit in your, if you're truly walking this out with the Lord and his will and his way, you are going to be a parent someday. If not, you've already, you've had people that influence that you influence, um, or maybe just someone will come into your life that you'll give a word to. Um, let's, you know, let's not be ashamed of God. Let's not be ashamed of Jesus. I'm even thinking like when um, God's word, you know, talks about being ashamed and he's like, if you're, um, let me pull up that scripture. Um, You know, if we've been so conditioned to not speak Jesus because we've gone to secular schools and, um, And not that even Christian schools are the right answer. So just remember that too. But we've been so conditioned. Um, Romans 1, you know, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. For to the Jew first and also the Greek. Hebrews 11, but, But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And um, I want to say there's a scripture also in, 
uh, one of the gospels where Jesus is like, if you don't, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't find it now, but you could look it up or try to cross-reference it or whatever, you know, but he's like, if you don't say my name in front of others, I won't say your name in front of the, you know, God, the father almighty. So we have to be very careful about hiding God's word and putting it in a pocket for Sunday morning or Wednesday Bible study. It should be on our lips all the time, um, meditating on it day and night. I think there's a scripture in Joshua about that in Joshua one. And so we don't, you know, and so it just kind of goes back to, you know, what are we doing, um, as a country, um, we have to know the direction that this country has gone. And, you know, we have to really ask, is it recoverable for Christ? Um, Can we just continue to live like American Christians by and far most want to live like a lukewarm life because, you know, we've had so many freedoms here. So we want to live like the freedom of American life. But it's really come greatly atrocious but yet we want to just kind of we have this god hole and we want to sprinkle a little jesus too so just you know we have to be examining our walk day by day and again we have to have that humility and i'll just end with this i recently you know we know this month is pride month um for the um LGBTQAI plus community. And um, there's, it's gone, you know, pretty far fetched above and beyond. Um, I think there's a deep principality in there. Um, We shouldn't be, you know, there's just all this like sexual um, display of, of, of all this, like our sexuality shouldn't be on display regardless, you know, of, of someone's sexual uh, orientation, you know, even with just like a heterosexual couple, if I'm in the park, I don't expect to watch them making out or something. Like, I just don't want to do that. And I think in some countries I was watching, they're not even allowed to like kiss or hold hands and like no one is because it's just, it's a sanctified thing. You don't want to showcase it. There's, there's a, there's a raw dignity to your sexual uh, parts and walk, if you think about it. And so you don't want to showcase, you know, you want to keep that sacred, right? So um, this month I was watching, there was a parade in Boston, I think maybe last weekend, and it was a, um, you know, a pride parade. And there was children and stuff, you know, gathered and watching adults alike, you know, and there's these men in bondage and they're walking with just like the bondage gear, you know, where you just got like the black straps, like you're not wearing any clothes. You may have a black strap across your chest, around your buttocks and your private area. And you've got all these you know, things around your face and it's just very demonic. There is nothing, even if you, you're a non-believer, you should have some sort of discernment how demonic that is, how dark themed that is. 
But again, many of us have grown conditioned by the stuff we watch um, that we just, you know, unfortunately, many don't have the discernment, um, particularly in the non-believing community, but you do have some self-professed Christians who are on board with this entire movement. And so I would say we don't compromise or tolerate and that gets into the discussion well how are you loving but there is the old phrase of you can love someone to hell so um you just always want to speak truth and you want to put on your spiritual armor all the time and be in prayer but the whole point of that was is this was in boston right so you've got I can just see that the bragging of, you know, a Christian parent or self-proclaimed and their daughters are going to, you know, all these colleges. Um, You know, there's Ivy Leagues up there over in Boston. There's Harvard, Boston College, Boston University. Um, I don't know. There's Northeastern University. I mean, there's UMass, right? All these colleges. And um, think about it for a second. You've sent your kids off to college there, and they're young, they're impressionable. Um, you know, any, anyone between 18 and 24, your wisdom, unless God has endowed you with um, godly wisdom, is, is limited because your life experience is short and um, there's humility in admitting that. I will admit that that was my case. But um, so you've sent your, your impressionable kid. You, you're bragging about they're going to Harvard. And this is the activities that are going on. And I can bet the conversations in the classrooms have been nothing but gearing up. Um, maybe not every classroom, but gearing up for this month and this event. And so all for what cost did your child really get called by the Lord to go to the school because his ministry in their life is going to require that. Um, We really have to be honest with ourselves and honest with worldly thinking and carnality. Um, But, and this all just stemmed from a ill answered jeopardy question. So God is speaking a lot right now. It's up to us to, um, you know, separate ourselves from the world and be in prayer for our leaders, for our community, for our church. And with Thanksgiving, we present, you know, our petitions and just know if we are praying his will, we have the faith that he will answer our prayers and we can receive it. And, you know, as we wait for the Lord to just bless us with receiving um, we don't always have it the same time we receive it but we have faith and we stay plugged into the Lord that's what Derek Prince he wrote this book secrets of a prayer warrior and I'm referencing a few of the prayer strategies um, he had discussed in his book and it's a wonderful book if you're just kind of needing to dig down into your prayer life and either confirm um, your prayer life or maybe, you know, have the humility to see where you could learn more. So, all right, y'all, praise God. Be blessed. 
don't be afraid to say the name Jesus today. He will bless you as you walk these days out. These are dark days, but God is light. Jesus is light. And we are the vessels of his word and his truth and his light and his hope. And we will not be muzzled. So praise God. I pray for your discernment and your humility and your self-control. Until next time.